chapter 4. Umashik bita ha and that which the divine providence ensured. Al-Zaprat, on this particular element of antisemitism, which in context the Nitziv is describing as a phenomena that ensures the Jewish people remain distinct. Yosem al-Shar ha'avonos ha'matsum Israel. There's a unique relationship to assimilation, between assimilation and the consequence of antisemitism, more so than other sins. There are a lot of potential sins for Jews and non-Jews, but there's something special about assimilation, about a Jew dissolving his identity as a Jew, this is something that can be appreciated through the intellect. We can consider this and understand it. Because the divine providence has a requirement for the purpose of creation. And the form for which it was created. God has a plan. He created the universe. He created everything in the universe. And Hashgacha Pratis, there's a divine providence to ensure that that is achieved. And we, when we find something that is subject to divine providence, we know we're onto something. We're in, in the arena of something that is close to and deeply connected to the fulfillment of God's purpose within creation. More so than a more hands-off approach, as it were, for other violations of the divine will. As long as we do not have a breach, a change from the form. If it's not a, a fundamental change. Similarly to what we see before the giving of the Torah, the flood did not come, and the destruction of the world, we find, read the narrative described, gracious, Noach, there was idolatry, and it did not result in the immediate destruction of civilization and Gilead Rice as well. Also, immorality. That also did not result in the immediate destruction. Ella al-Hamas, what was the catalyst that brought about this terrible destruction was Hamas, was this violence, this rampant theft, robbery, as described in the Medrash, on the verse, Hamas, the violence, has come up to the staff of wickedness. It is self-destructive. Hamas violence is spawned by wickedness and destroys its source.
Mi ur es hadinakashaze. Hachamas. The Medrash explains what brought about this severe judgment of the flood, wiping out civilization. It was Hamas. It was this violence. Vatamhu mishum ba es The reason is because this rampant violence undermined civilization. Shezehu tachlas And that is already touching at the purpose of creation. Vigam hishchisu es tzurs hamin hanoshi. And it also degraded the human form. Hanevralios midini. Man was created to cultivate justice and law. And this lawlessness eroded the human being. And therefore, a society where Hamas, violence, robbery was endemic, required by God, divine providence, to intervene as it was not compatible with the fulfillment of the divine purpose for creation. And of course, once there was Hamas, judgment was meted out for all of the wickedness that brought about the destruction of the world. Similarly, by the generation of the dispersion, the Tower of Babel, they sought to contravene the divine will by only developing themselves in one place. They did not want to have a natural and within in accord with the divine plan multifaceted development of human culture and civilization. This is against the purpose of creation. The world was created to be settled and settled in a manner that is differentiated. As it says in Isaiah 45:18, the universe was not created to be desolate, but to be settled was it formed. And God explicitly said to Noah and his sons after the flood, spread out on the land, populate the land, and and multiply within it. That was the mandate after the flood. Not to create a type of fascist monochromatic state. And that generation sought various ideas, ideologies, how to end this purpose, had to contravene this. And they thought, let's build a tower so that we don't get dispersed. We have to be all of one mind, one thought, one place. This is against 
the divine imperative, the Sheves Yitzhar. It was created, this is the purpose, to be settled in a manner, as God told Noah and his sons, go forth, shir and they also made for themselves singular words, among them, to change the form of man. Each person, as an individual, goes through life in the world in accordance with his understanding. Blessed is he, the wise of secrets, who has created men that are distinct and have different perspectives. They view things differently. They understand things in a different light. And that generation of the dispersion, they pursued a singular idea to quash any divergence of thought. It's fascist. You can only embrace what the party says. That's it. No other thought is tolerated. And they sought to guard this idea with the construction of the tower. And it's its head, the top of the tower in the heavens. In order to be able to ensure from a distance, to police anyone who wanted to leave from their midst, that would be considered a threat, a negation of this fascism. It cannot tolerate Anyone thinking differently. And as much as this was a deviation from the purpose of creation, and human form, divine providence came to Balba Asmashata and destroyed their plot. A third example Sodom and Gomorrah. The hand of divine providence touched them. And the hard judgment. Because it was a negation of the settlement of the world. That man should be able to go from place to place. And they also degraded the form of man. Leos ish achlerehu to have a man as a brother to his friend. Kafishi biyarnu b'sefer bereishis be'emikdavar bereishis riyas ha'achim kain v'havel, as described in the story of Cain and Abel. The natural fraternity among human beings that was being dissolved by this polity of Sodom. And she gave birth in addition to his brother Havel to teach us. This is teaching us 
one of the elements of the purpose of man's being created, there should be fraternity among the individuals of humanity. That is part of our nature, part of what it means to be human. Once humanity is being kind to humans, being part of humankind. Even though Cain Cain started in that way, and from the produce of the field, he was able to sustain also his brother. He was not familiar with this form of labor. And this brotherhood was the first form of human connection among the, the fledgling development of civilization. Two brothers acting as brothers. That differentiated man from beast. Not all creatures have the sense of brotherhood that should be cultivated by humans. The men of Sodom demolished this facet of what is meant to be cultivated in the human. That is in the essence of man. Because of this presentation of a moral imperative against fraternity, they were destroyed. They were creating a society that was creating cruelty as a virtue, denying brotherhood. There was a divine providence that wiped them out. All of this is in accord with divine providence for the sons of Noah that are required to guard the, the path, the guide of how to live and the form of man. A human being is meant to be a human being and that is a human imperative. It is not merely a, 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 a constellation of do's and don'ts, but we're meant to cultivate our humanity, to be human beings. And if a society is pathological and develops in a way that is contrary to that, in a fundamental way, it can expect divine intervention. So too with the Jewish people. From the giving of the Torah, they were made into a nation for God. In order to preserve and guard His enlightenment, His teaching, the Af Gamzos Nosnlahem, and also in this manner he gave to them the ability, the power, and the obligation, Lios and to have the ability to elevate and bring wholeness 
to the sons of man, to humanity, to be able to recognize the unity of God, that God is one. And to stand them up on the way of the world in a, in a sustainable way. And the pathways of the world. God created a nation, the Jewish nation, with a purpose. He gave the Jewish people the ability to fulfill their purpose. In accordance with Isaiah 42.6, And I will guard you, and I will give you over, or covenant of nations, to be an enlightenment for the nations. Pirush, meaning, I will guard you to have a distinct form. Tsuras Hayadus, the form of Judaism. Ksiv Hatsadi Bidogesh Lichlo Mize Mashmos Nitsira. Shaafapi Shishlam Tsura Bifne Atzma Hemnishmar. They are being preserved that even though they are distinct, they will be preserved. And all the nations will see. That the name of God is called upon them and that will elicit a sense of honor. The nations will honor the Jewish people who are living up to their purpose. But the primary exposition is not speaking about just guarding. The nations of the world are more protected and in greater tranquility than the Jewish people. It is true. The nation of Israel requires greater protection than other nations. Nonetheless, that is not a praise of God. That he gives them over to be in the midst of every nation and protects them. That's nothing. That's not a great trick. That's like somebody who breaks someone's leg and then heals it. The primary explanation is, as I've written, and as well, I will give you over to be a covenant with the nation. That is to rectify the world. With the glory, the, the kingship, the sovereignty of God and the belief, knowledge of, as he said, God's oneness. In a general sense, we talk about bris'am, a covenant of nationhood. Every covenant is, is a description of the faith of man. The faith of man in his God, that is called covenant. Shekorsim bris es Elohim la'avdom. There is a covenant between worshiper and worship that the worshipers are agreeing to engage in service 
in return for that entity being their God. According to their understanding, that God has given over these perceived powers to rule over them. We entered into a covenant by Sinai to serve God. He is the cause of all causes alone. And He, God, blessed be He, will be in charge of us. And through this, He gave the power to Israel. The second Gamas Briskolam to rectify the covenant of every nation. Shekiru Gam Hashem, that they too shall come to recognize God, Velios and to thereby be an enlightenment for the nations. In the ways of the world and in, in successful civilization. In another place, the Prophet stated, this is a little bit later on in Isaiah, 49.8, V'etzarcha, V'etencha, Levrisam, the same introduction, L'hokim Eretz, to establish the land, L'hanchel Nachlos Shomemos, to inherit desolate lands. K'hema Ratzos, Hayashomemos Minayishuv, for those lands were desolate from settlement, or, perhaps, in certain instances, there was a nascent civilization, but it was lowly. And through the fact that the Jewish people were dispersed over there, the land got up, became more elevated, to be a significant civilization. Nonetheless, the obligation upon them, Al Yisrael, upon the Jewish nation, to meticulously guard their unique form. So although a Jew is invested wherever he is sent, all over the world, to elevate the civilization around him, he cannot assimilate and lose his identity as a Jew. In accordance with the root, the genesis of the Jewish nation, that is our patriarch, Abraham. God initially separated him from his land, from his birthplace, from his father's household. And he was uprooted in a way that he was like a new creation. To such an extent that the way the Torah describes those people that joined him as and the nations, the, the souls, and the souls that he made in Haram, they traveled with him. These are souls that pre-existed. He didn't manufacture them, but they're like new in context of his impact on them. Bereshis Yudbez Hei. V'yaduah. Ma'a Sha'amru Chazal, the Bereshis Rabbo, Shahaya Malam Dum Terah. 
The Medrash explains what was this new creation. He taught them Torah. Umegayosim. And he converted them. And through this they achieved a different soul, and this was their form. Subsequent to this, in his own development, Abraham was com- commanded to become, or positioned, commanded, to be a father for a multitude of nations. Pirush, what does that mean? This is in Bereshus Yudzayin Hei. Hashem. To teach all of the multitude of nations to know God. And this is a departure from his original status, his original mission. That until that point, he was converting some individuals, and now he has a new mandate. He's commanded not to convert some individuals but to be a father for a multitude of nations. And granted that in the initial intent, the divine will was to apportion borders for nations in accordance with the number of the children of Israel, and not that every human being should join up to the nation of Israel, but that there should be a distinction. And we need Jews, and we need non-Jews. As much as God wanted this distinction, He also wanted all the nations to know God and to serve Him. Valilim and he wanted idolatry in its entirety to be abandoned. The initiation of this plan, this divine plan, was in the command to our patriarch Abraham to become a father to a multitude of nations, independent of conversion. This is not on a mission to convert the nations, it's on a mission to elevate the nations while they retain their status as independent nations, which is in accordance with the broader framework of developing in distinct manners. That is part of the vision of God's vision, which is what matters for humanity, for creation. And Abraham began to fulfill this command. And he left from Hebron to Beersheba. And that was a move that brought him in contact with the greater population. And he there called out in the name of God, the sovereign of the universe. He was publicizing God's sovereignty. Even those who were just wayfarers. He did not try to convert them. It was not his purpose to make them part of the Jewish nation that was developing. He was trying to influence them in accordance with God's command to recognize the one who articulated and created the universe, the master of the universe, the creator. And behold, immediately within that 
command. When God commanded Abraham to be a father to a multitude of nations, he also commanded him on the command of circumcision in order to differentiate him from other sons of Noah, that it shouldn't be said, since he's commanded to mix in with them, and to teach them the faith in God, he should become identical with them. In the ways of his life, and how he develops in the world. In order to avoid that pitfall, he was commanded at this juncture to create an indelible imprint on his body, the sign of the covenant of circumcision. And this covenant, this physical manifestation, property of God, is actually a physical difference separating between the children of Abraham and other legitimate nations that in the flesh there is actually a distinction. This is not just meant to be physical, but to engender a sense within his spirit that he has a higher calling in terms of a sanctified, consecrated mission among nations. And to be distinct in his faith, in his, his Torah, a distinction that is significant and unchanging. So he's meant to be among the nations, and meant to be elevating the nations, not converting nations, but he needs to maintain his own distinction not be lost in that context. Vigam, says also, and my covenant in your flesh will be forever, a covenant forever. That describes a prohibition to counter the removal of the foreskin by stretching the skin of the shaft to make it look like the foreskin was never removed. A reconstructive type surgery. This covenant should be maintained forever. And this will facilitate the guarding of his form that is unique to him. And God further promised him in this same discussion and I have established my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you, the Darosum, for their generations, the Brisolum, an eternal covenant. To be for you as a God, and for your descendants after you. And I have given to you and your descendants after you the land of your sojourning. As kol eretz Canaan, the entire land of Canaan, as an eternal holding. Why was this necessary at this point for God to promise Abraham the inheritance of the land of Israel? He already 
entered into a covenant of the parts earlier. This is the way to understand the verses. Initially, when God commanded this covenant, to be a father to a multitude of nations, this is not just for Abraham, but for his descendants after him. Since that is the case, I would have thought, conceivably, in order to achieve this command, there would be a need for the Jewish people, the descendants of Abraham, to be in all parts of the globe, spread out, set aside, not a concentration of Jews, among the nations, I don't forever. I would have thought that that's implicit in Av Hamon Gayim. Behine Imkain, if that is the case, Shuv Einlehem, to Udas Yishuv Klau, then they have no native dwelling whatsoever. Mishum Hachi, because of that, Hiftiru Kadosh Baruch Hu, De'acha Kol Zeh Yashuvu Erzknan. God commanded him, after all this, there will be a dwelling in the land of Canaan. Don't think that this new mandate that you're commanded precludes a national civilization that develops for the Jewish people in the land of Canaan. It does not. It is not a contradiction. Both mandates can be affirmed. All of this describes the discussion between the Holy One, Blessed Be He, and our father, Abraham, at the root of the sanctity of the Jewish nation, the nation of Israel. At the time of the inception of actualizing this root that the Jewish nation should develop, that was when the nation, the Israelites left Egypt. When the Israelites left Egypt, that was the beginning of a national identity that was distinct from any other nation, that they were taken out of the nation of Mitzrayim. Before that, they were a clan, not a nation. That was the movement towards that purpose, their purpose. As is described in the book of Exodus 1251, and it will be on that, the essence of that day. God shall take the children of Israel. Or took the children of Israel out of Egypt according to their hosts. So a multitude of Israelites left Egypt. Where are they being taken to their purpose? Similar to a verse in Job 7.1. Behold, to the purpose of man to ascend to the land... At the time that they were subjugated in Egypt, that was similar to at a time when the root is hidden underneath the land, underneath the earth. And there's no known, recognized purpose. And it is not recognized, there's no form that is distinct. Similarly, the root of our patriarchs was hidden, without any form that was distinct 
recognized for Israel. At the time when the, the exodus took place from Egypt, they began to move in achievement of this purpose. That God started to relate to this nation as he related to their patriarch, the root of the sanctity. The initial step was to give them a unique form through the giving of the Torah. Subsequently, if not for the sin of the spies, then they would have entered into the land of Israel in an open, miraculous manner. As described in the beginning of Deuteronomy 1.7, turn and travel for yourselves, and enter into the, the mountain of the Amorite, and all of his neighbors, and the, the plain, uh, in the, the, uh, the valley, the mountain, the, the, the lowlands, the Negev, the, the arid lands, Chofayam, the, sea, the, the seashore, all the various territories and microclimates in Canaan. Kefisha Kasafti, as I wrote by Magdavra in the Nitzv's commentary on the Torah, Sham B'Shem Sifri, there in the name of the Medrash, the Sifri. Bahayu Israel, and they would have been for a number of years developing this way in the land of Israel. And had they lived up to their purpose in the ideal, through that civilization they would have created, the name of God would have achieved great visibility and knowledge through all the nations. Just as in a short span of time, through the Exodus, there was a revelation of the name of God, among many nations that were nearby. In, in a smaller sense, we find this fulfilled in the days of King David and King Solomon, that many of the nations recognized God through the development of their civilization in the land of Israel. However, it did not work out that way. The Jewish people engaged in, in error, and with the sin of the spies, Nigza al Israel, there was a decree against Israel. That now the purpose must be achieved, but instead of it being achieved in the ideal manner, it would require being spread out and in exile. Kidal Siv as is written in Tehillim, chapter 106, verses 26 through 27. Gomer, and we'll lift up his hand to them against them in the desert as a context and to spread them um, out in the lands. This idea is also spoken out in the book of Ezekiel 20, And I also lifted up my hand against them in the desert to spread them out among the nations and to spread them out into the lands. The consequence of the sin of the spies resulted in a new, uh, much more painful and tragic method of achieving this divine imperative, the goal, the purpose, instead of being done 
in the ideal manner, the development of the Jewish civilization on the land of Israel, was now going to require exile. And the Holy One, blessed be He, informed this decree, informed Moses about this decree. And in as much, he alluded to it when he said that, however, by my life, Malach Vod Hashem Eskolaretz, and the entire uh, land shall be filled with the glory of God, Bamidbar Yudalet Chafalav, Numbers 1421, Kefishin Bar as explained in the Netzitz commentary there, Dimashmo Sha'alpi Hasib Hazos. The implication is because of this cause, Sheyu Nichnasim. Since the entry into the land of, of Israel was now not going to be miraculous, but rather in the ways of nature, the conquest of Joshua, there were some miracles, but it was in, in, in the larger picture along natural means. Nonetheless, by my life, there will be a means of achieving the fulfillment that the glory of God will fill all of the land. And that is through a tremendous spreading, a, a massive disbursement. And Moshe informed the Jewish people about this. But he only alluded to it when he said, In describing the punishment of the spies, he says, And you shall know my movement. You'll know how I roll. This is a consequence. This is what's going to be. Ulam, however, Arvus Moav, by the plains of Moav, There, Moshe spoke about it more clearly, the impending requirement for the Jewish people to go into exile, in a very clear manner, in order that they accept upon themselves, in order to accept upon themselves the pathways of the learning of the divine enlightenment, both the written and oral law, this is the only way that the Jewish people are preserved among the nations. That is the preservation of Judaism among the children of Israel. At the time when they are dispersed among the nations in various lands. As we'll speak about this further. So it was imperative to speak this out. Not just this was the decree, but we need to strengthen ourselves recognizing the only way to survive and succeed in this divine mission. And on this came the primary thrust of the book of Deuteronomy. Filled with rebuke. A long recounting of the tragedy of the spies. All of this is in order to Revealed that there should be a knowledge. For what purpose is this yoke of toil in the Torah? To be sharp within the Torah. They entered into a covenant in the plains of Moab. And then in the land of Israel, by Mount Grizim, Mount Eval. To establish this... Uh, Gathering of stones, and to write very clearly, as described in 70 languages, all the nations, in order that the Jewish people should know their mandate, 
to fulfill the command to the patriarch Avram to be a father to a multitude of nations. That is to be a covenant of nations. These stones were established specifically in the mountain of Eva in the place of the rebuke. And they're being warned the impending exile. As is written, and in Deuteronomy 28.64 And God will disperse you among all the nations. It's from one end of the earth to the other. And from this, the Jewish people shall know that the purpose will be achieved through the dispersal. There will be an achievement of the glory of God being fulfilled, recognized in the entire world. At that time, in this gathering of this purpose, of this recognition, there was an, a coming to the covenant of guarding this learning of the Torah, both the written Torah and the oral Torah. As is written, Accursed is the one who does not establish, stand up, the words of this Torah, to be fulfilled. The Jerusalem Talmud in Sota 31a says, This is describing who is getting this curse. Somebody has within his hands the power to strengthen the Torah. And he did not. That is because at the time of the dispersion, the exile of the Jewish people, there is nothing that will ensure that the Jewish people are guarded in their unique mission and retain their identity as being distinct among the nations other than strengthening the learning of Torah. That is the only method of Jewish survival. Since that is the form of the nation of Israel, that they should be alone among nations and separate from them. Therefore, at the time when they pursue and seek out to break through that distinction, and to assimilate, to act like any other nation, to, to deny their purpose, and to remove the form of the Jew. What does God do in response? In order to restore the purpose that they have a distinct form, then, instead of being a latent potential, anti-Semitism is brought to the fore and actualized. And they are distinct and, and distanced from their engagement, from their dwelling, until against their will, they wanted to assimilate. They are forced to be recognized distinct as Israel. The word of God will be established forever. And just as prior to 
the giving of the Torah. We have various civilizations that worked against the form of man, the purpose of God, that elicited divine intervention, hashgacha pratis, to redirect things towards his purpose. So too, the Jewish people. If the Jewish people work against their purpose, God will find a way, through the medium of anti-Semitism, to bring back the distinctness of the Jewish people to ensure that his purpose is achieved.